Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. One this week's podcast as we are starting with college football this week. Yes, we are, and we are starting with the ACC. This is going to be kicking off a month-plus-long journey through college football where we are going to be diving in deep into each conference. Of course, we'll be diving into each Power 5 conference and then we'll have our own separate week to talk about the group of five conferences, your Notre Dames, all that good stuff. And then we'll have, of course, our prediction show a little bit later on. But we are starting with the ACC for this pod. A couple reminders to get out of the way. If you haven't if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel, be sure to do that where you guys get your podcast. Give us a rating review. Find us on YouTube at 573 Podcast. We got a few videos up, and we're going to have a few more up in the coming days because of the entertainment channel. If you haven't subscribed to that yet, be sure to go do so because we got a couple pods coming out this week. Me and Peter, two-part podcast where we talked about the Dark Knight celebrating its 15-year anniversary, and then we did another pod comparing the Dark Knight with the Batman and set, and putting those two up against each other so be sure to go check those two out when they drop a little bit later on i think the dark knight is scheduled to drop tomorrow and the versus pod is going to be dropping on wednesday so be on the lookout for those on the entertainment channel and i believe that is everything out of the way of course later on we're going to be having another pod this week where we are going to be talking about the afc south and going to the nfl and of course the Titans decided to make some timely news with DeAndre Hopkins deciding to sign there. So we'll talk a little bit more about that and what that means a little bit later on this week. But we are going to be talking about college football this week. And with how we're going to be doing these things is we're not going to, we're going to discuss a little bit about the teams that are not going to compete. We're just going to run through them. But mainly we're going to be taking a look at a lot of these teams that are going to be presumably at the top of these conferences and divisions and seeing who are contenders. And specifically with the ACC today, they are not doing divisions anymore. So it's strictly pretty much who's on top of the conference. So no divisions here. And uh, I'll be interested to see which uh, others are not going to have divisions. I think there's one more. I think the Pac-12 is heading that way too if it's not already there but uh we're going to be starting with the ACC today so let's get rolling with some of these teams that are probably not going to be big time contenders you know you got your Boston colleges that are probably not going to be teams to watch if they had a rough year last year offense was not that great their starting quarterback was banged up Phil Jerkovich, he's now at Pitt. And defense, a little bit more promising, but still a lot of major issues uh, for them. So BC probably not going to be a big, big time contender. Georgia Tech with uh, with Brent Key coming in, you know, five and seven last year, pretty good, but some pieces transferred out. They got replaced some guys, lost some guys to the NFL. 
Haynes King is coming in, so maybe it'll be a nice change of pace for him. Uh, schedule doesn't look easy. They have a home-and-home home to finish against Ole Miss. They play at Clemson, play LSU, not LSU, Louisville, North Carolina, Miami. And, of course, as always, they face Georgia in November. So it's going to be a tough schedule for them. Uh, as far as another team that is that I don't think we're going to be talking much about, Syracuse. Had a strong start last season, but finished 7-6 and six in 2022. Did have a top defense last year. Offense, not that great. Good thing about the offense, though, it's returning nearly three-quarters of its production from last year. Garrett Schrader looking to build off a 3,000-yard passing season last year. But uh, their schedule is very top-heavy, too. They got Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State. They will draw Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Georgia Tech. But there's them. Let's go to the Virginia teams real quick. Virginia. Tony Elliott, of course, leaving Clemson to go to coach the Cavaliers. More of an offensive guy, and so it's weird. The defense finished really good, top 50 overall, and had a very rough go of it last season. Uh, returning production is not that great. So it's it's looking like it's going to be a tough time for Virginia. And then Virginia Tech with Brent Pry coming in after Justin Fuente left. Not a good way to end their season, of course, with what happened with uh, with Virginia, but they finished 3-8 and eight and bring in Kyron Drones from Baylor. And so you'll be interested to see how that, go, how that goes in. Offense finished top 50. Defense finished outside the top 50 last year. Uh, but they are returning a lot. And I'll have to see who else I didn't put on here. So I put on Wake Forest. You know, Wake Forest has been a team that surprised a lot of people, including me, in these last few years with how well they played and how well offense has played. A lot of that has to do with who's been at quarterback. Sam Hartman has been really good. He's now at Notre Dame. So you got to be able to replace him. Offense was great last year. Defense was not that great last year. And they're not returning a lot on offense as, again, they're losing Hartman. They're losing guys like A.T. Perry to the NFL. So Dave Clawson is going to have his work cut out for him and trying to see what he can bring to this offense and see if he can find some new playmakers on that side of the ball. So I think with some of those teams out of the way, I think, is there any other? Let, well, let's talk about Pitt real quick. Pitt, of course, has lost a lot of pieces over the last couple of years to the NFL. Keen Slovis moved on to BYU. Jerkovic is now in Pittsburgh. So he's going to be the new man behind center, losing a couple pieces again on offense to the NFL. And they're going to have to find a way to replace them. They're going to also have to find a way to replace Kalijah Cansey on the defensive line, see if anybody can step up there. They do return some playmakers at linebacker, so that'll be good for them. But Pitt, I mean, they got a lot of pieces to replace over the last couple of years, and it's going to be tough to try to replace a lot of them. So we'll see how the Pitt Panthers do. And I think that's everybody. 
So now let's get into the meat and potatoes of the ACC. Let's talk about some of these top teams that we're talking about. And I'm, I'm going to work from the list. I, ha- I have them listed in, in my notes. I'm going to work from the bottom up. So let's start off with Duke. Uh, year one of the Mike Elko era was really good for Duke. Going 9-4, and four, a win over UCF in the Memorial Bowl. And they get a stud quarterback that lead that can lead them into this year and maybe topping that in Riley Leonard, who really broke out last year, was amazing, and uh, is a guy that I've seen mentioned a couple times as being a guy to watch out for for the draft next year. So you, you know if you're Duke, if you got that type of guy, you, you know you're going to be looking pretty well off. And last year, again, did really well. Probably their coming out party was when they blew out Miami, 45-21. to 21. Really shocking part. And that's at Miami, too. And uh, that's uh, that's not easy to come by, despite how much the U has changed over the years. Again, four losses. Combined, and they lost those four games by a combined total of 16 points. So maybe... That changes this year. Maybe you find a way to overcome some of those close losses in the uh, in the upcoming season. It, again, offense last year was really good. 33 points per game. Defense improved a little bit too, only allowing 22 points per game from the 40 points they allowed in 21. So they're looking built on that offense. They have a lot of production returning. And offense last year scored over 30 touchdowns on the ground, and both running backs are returning. You got three receivers returning, three offensive linemen coming back, including Grant Barton, who is a guy that is talked about in draft circles a lot. So expect this offense to put up a lot of points again with Riley Leonard leading them again behind center. Defense is returning some production, but uh, Elko, I believe he's a defensive guy. He's going to be, uh, he's got his, he knows what he can do. And so he's shown that he can make an immediate adjustment to help them improve and get that side of the ball rolling. One thing that helps, you got your entire front defensive line coming back. And they had over 25 sacks as a group last year. So you can build on that. You do have some pieces to replace in the with the linebackers in the secondary. But overall, Duke looks like a team that could be a potential team to watch out for in the ACC. Maybe you can surprise some teams. We got Miami, who, again, mentioned them earlier, had a blowout loss to Duke. Five and seven under Mario Cristobal in his first year at the U. And we know the expectations there have changed at the U. They're not what they were in the early 2000s, that's for sure. But there's still an expectation there. Going to have to do a little bit better than that. Tyler Van Dyke, he had a lot of praise before last season. And, you know, you were hoping to build on that and just struggled last year. Last season, had blowout losses to MTSU, Clemson, Pitt, got the Duke loss. And the Florida State, they only they beat a bad Virginia team by two points and four overtimes. You have four overtimes to do that. 
And so changes were needed to be made. Both coordinators are out from last year, Josh Gaddis and Kevin Steele. You got some guys coming in on offense that you hope can really contribute this year with the new coordinator, Shannon Dawson. And he's going to be bringing in an air raid style. So a change of systems there at Miami could potentially get that offense rolling. And the defense is bringing a lot of production back as well, 77% of it. You got Cam Kitchens coming back at safety to help lead the back end of that defense. You got some corners that will be some new guys, so you're going to need somebody like him with experience and talent like that to help that back end out. And the front line, they got some guys coming back as well. But big thing for Miami, you can't finish 5-7. and seven. Chris Ball has, is really recruiting his tail off and getting guys to come back to you and build that program back up to being at the top of the league. And let's see how he does in year two. You know, usually the same goes. You find out a lot more in year two. And, like, if you build something strong in year two, that can be a good sign. Now let's talk about the Carolina teams and uh, talk about NC State. We'll talk about them first. Uh, Offensive struggle last year, and the defense pretty much carried last year. And that, that's pretty much the story. They had Devin Leary coming back and uh, couldn't stay healthy and, you know, just wasn't the guy that he was in 21. And so now he is at Kentucky, and Dave Doran brings in the former Virginia quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, along with his former offensive coordinator in 21, Robert and I. And so got a couple of Virginia guys coming back that did really well while they were there together. You got Cincinnati receiver transfer Jadon Thompson coming in to help out with a receiving core that needs a lot of playmakers there. Defense bring you back a few players, including Sacks leader Drake Thomas. You got a guy that was good at run stopping and Isaiah Moore coming back. And you got safety Tanner Engle coming back, in which secondary looks like it could be a, a really big strength for. The Wolf Pack, you got Engel, you got Iden White and Shane Battle at corner. Looks to be a really strong secondary that can lead that defense. You got senior Peyton Wilson coming back to lead the linebacking core. So defense, they're bringing back some big-time pieces, but it, the offense needs to look to step up in 2023 to make sure last season – what happened last season doesn't happen again this season, doesn't carry over. So there is NC State. Let's go to Chapel Hill and spend some time with the Tar Heels. You got Drake May, of course, who is the talk of college football for a lot of last year with the stats and the play that he was putting up. Had over 5,000 yards of passing last year, 45 touchdowns. And I believe that's total. I don't know if that's passing and rushing or just passing. But almost had 50 touchdowns last year. So, still, that's an amazing number. And really is looking to build on a season to which, if he, if, if you look at the draft boards right now, he's in that top five. 
And the thing for him is to not fall out of there. But try to find a way to move up. I mean, it's going to be tough to surpass Caleb Williams, who, when we'll talk about the Pac-12, was awesome last year. It's going to be tough to surpass him. And it's going to be really tough when you look at what's coming back on offense for him. But like both the top receivers, including Josh Downs, they're both they're gone. So you're going to work with some new receivers, build some chemistry up with them. But good thing is most of the production from the line is back from running back is back. So we'll have to see how May gets used to a couple of these new receivers. And also last year with how things went, he did have a couple struggles where he couldn't will them to win. So maybe getting that fixed and, you know, last season ended on a terrible note torched by Clemson in the ACC title game, losing to Oregon in the holiday bowl. So bad taste in their mouth to end last season and looking to get that bad taste out of their mouth at the start replacing offense coordinator Phil Longo is Chip Lindsey who's been around a couple stops was recently at UCF in 2022 defensive wise they were not that great last year uh but are returning most of their production you got a couple good linebackers and Cedric Gray and Power Eccles coming back to help them out but a lot of help is needed on that front four and that secondary lost a couple guys there. So they're going to need to find some help there and that front on that front line and the back line uh, because those two guys can't do it themselves. So having most of that production on defense should help, but uh, you hope that they learn from their mistakes last year after uh, not being great defensively last year. But, you know, again, the story is going to be pretty much all about Drake May and what he can do in his second full season as the starting quarterback see if he can build upon last season. I know it's going to be tough. I mean, 5,000 yards of passing and uh, at 45 touchdowns, that's going to be hard to top. But, I mean, hey, if, again, if he could figure out those things that he had trouble with last year, can get those sorted out, be really good year for him. So let's move from the Carolinas and let's go to Kentucky real quick. And let's talk about Louisville. And one thing that's changed with Louisville is their coach. Had a pretty nice rebound year last year going to 8-5, but had a coaching change. And Jeff Brom is the new headband there. And Louisville's got Louisville connections. And also, he's been in a spot like this where, you know, first-year coach at a new job, did that with Purdue, and you saw what he did in his first year at Purdue, did pretty well and did pretty well over his time at Purdue. Not a tough, not an easy place to do well. So he goes to Louisville, and he was really aggressive in the transfer portal. Uh he and Deion Sanders were both aggressive in adding players, I believe 25 transfers and potentially more on the way. So you got a lot of guys coming in. You got Jack Plummer from Cal to be the quarterback. You bring in somebody from Purdue like Eric Miller 
that tackle. You got Stephen Herring from Stanford on, on defense coming in. You got a couple guys from in the conference coming transferring over, like Storm Dunk from North Carolina. You got Georgia State's two best players and receiver, Jamari Tra- Tra- Thrash. There we go. And defensive tackle, Jeffrey Clark. Uh, but that's also had a couple guys they got coming in. You got Jawar Jordan at running back. You got Brian Hudson at center to help out with the offensive line. You got Jarvis Brownlee Jr. at corner to help out in the secondary. So Louisville is potentially the biggest wild card in the conference with all, all, all these transfers they brought in. You know, I'm thinking back to Michigan State with Mel Tucker a couple of years ago when they brought in a lot of transfers and everything just seemed to click. That was the year Kenneth Walker was there, transfer there, and Michigan State had a really good year that year. So you could potentially be looking at a situation like this at Louisville if all things go right. You know, but the big things are when you have a lot of players coming in, chemistry, you know, with the guys that were on the team, with the guys that were coming in and getting that worked out. So there's a lot of ifs about this team. If these guys can gel together, you could potentially have a scary team to watch out for in the ACC. And if it doesn't work out, then it'll be a talented team that just didn't reach its potential that it had for this this season. But again, I think with Jeff Brom, with what he's done in his coaching career, you know, I remember he was a guy that, you know, bringing my Tennessee team into it. There's talk about him going there, um, but he's done a really good job at Purdue. I think he'll probably he'll do a really good job at Louisville. But again, this year it's going to be tough. You got a lot of transfers coming in. It's just. Building that team chemistry, and if he can find a way to do that with how good of an offensive mind he is, then it could be a really fun season in Louisville, Kentucky. And they might honestly be the third best team in this conference if you're if you're looking at it. It could be them. You know, Duke might have something to say about that. North Carolina potentially could. But let's talk about the top two teams in this conference. And let's talk about Clemson because Clemson, you know, pretty good year last year. And, you know, Dabo had a couple new coordinator hires last year, hiring guys from the inside. And, you know, didn't really work out for him, potentially on the offensive side because they went out in the offseason, hired Garrett Riley away from TCU to help improve the offense after the last couple seasons where, it's really kind of struggled. You didn't know if that was play calling or if it was, you know, DJ Uwe Ungule, who's now at Oregon State. Don't know what it is, but having a guy that helped engineer TCU's crazy good offense last year come in to help, can't go wrong with that. And so Dabo went from the outside and made a hire from the outside, and maybe that can change things there. Because I remember reading in preparation for this, he hired guys from the outside really early on, and lately it's just been hiring guys from the inside. So maybe this can be a change for Clemson for the better. And he's going to have a young quarterback to work with, sophomore Cade Klubnik, had a couple starts 
his freshman year. Did look a little bit better than DJ. But again, it's a freshman. He's going to make freshman mistakes. In the ball game against Tennessee did have a couple interceptions, did have a couple plays where you scratch your head. But I think having a, a play caller like Riley come in can really help a young quarterback. What can also really help a young quarterback is having a lot of guys that played as freshmen and sophomores coming back with more experience, guys like Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, Jake Bringstool, a lot of those guys. It also helps when you have a stud running back like Will Shipley at running back, uh, making plays, whether it's catching the ball or running between tackles or running outside the tackles. A guy like that is really dynamic. So I'm really curious how Riley deploys him and this new type of offense that he's going to bring to Clemson. But uh, I expect the impact will stay the same nonetheless. It's just a dynamic player in that backfield. Defensive-wise, they slipped a little bit last year, not being the Clemson defense we come to know and love with their great defensive line with all the talent they've had there. Of course, they've lost a couple pieces in the last several seasons. and lost a couple this past season to the draft. So they're looking to replace some of those guys with a lot of the young guys they brought in in the last two recruiting classes. You got Rook. I know I'm not even going to try to butcher. I'm not going to try to butcher that name, uh, but uh, you got defense tackle Rook. He's coming back. You got Tyler Davis coming back. Who's played a lot of ACC ball. You got Xavier Thomas, who's a sixth year senior. And what's crazy about it is I can remember his recruiting class at him coming in with, I think Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and that says anything about how long he's been there. So he's coming back. And then you got a really young secondary from last year that you hope can really learn from last year. Take that, bring it to 2023, and build on that. It also really helps when you have two really stud good linebackers in Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. And you're like, wait, Jeremiah Trotter Jr.? Yes, you heard that correct. I, I honestly don't know why we're surprised at this point. It, it seems like there's all you know, all these former NFL guys, their sons are in college, and they're about to head to the pros. It's just yeah, it, it's weird times. <laughs> we're all getting old. But uh, that's Clemson. And then Florida State, I think, could be the team to challenge Clemson. You know, Clemson's been the class of the ACC, went undefeated in the conference last year at a no and Florida State was one of those teams last year. You know, they had that opening loss against LSU. And you're like, okay, um, what's going on here? And you're starting to wondering about, like, how long does Norvell have left in Tallahassee? And then Florida State just goes on a crazy good run last year, in which you look at them now, they could be the team to challenge Clemson for the top of this conference now. Of course, again, no divisions. So there's a potential Florida State Clemson matchup on the horizon if those these two are the top teams in the ACC title game with no divisions. But I think Florida State can challenge them. You got Jordan, Jordan Travis coming back who could potentially find himself in the Heisman race if he does good last year. Had a 24-5 touchdown to interception ratio. That's really great. A guy that can be a dual threat. 
and 64% completion percentage. Maybe you proved that a little bit, but those are some really good stats to build upon from last season. You got your leading rusher and Trey Benson coming back along with Johnny Wilson, defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. And then you got a guy that kind of surprised everyone, including myself with Jared Verse, not going to the NFL after, you know, thinking he could be a potential first round pick coming back and returning and playing for Florida State another year to help lead that defensive front. They're another team that went and got into the transfer portal and got a couple players like former Michigan State receiver Keon Coleman. You got Virginia cornerback Ventrell Cypress coming in and joining the team. And so they are joining a roster that returns 14 starters from last season. The past defense last year was good, and I can imagine that with some of the guys that you got coming back, it'll be pretty good as well with Lovett and Verse on the defense side of the ball can really help out uh, a secondary. But one thing that does need to change is the rush defense. The rush defense was not that great, so much so that you know teams ran the ball a lot more on them than the national average on both standard and passing downs. So if Florida State, if their defense wants to improve and help them potentially win the ACC this upcoming season, that run defense is going to need to take a step up with guys coming in and the guys coming back from last season. If they can do that and the pass defense stays the same, Jordan Travis continues to improve like he did last year. They look poised to challenge Clemson for the top of this league and face them in the title game after the end of this season. So, yeah, there is the ACC. Clemson, Florida State, most likely the top two teams in this conference. Louisville, if the new transfers come in and Joe with the guys on that roster already, if that works out, they could potentially be the the third team in this conference. Duke. Like what they're bringing back, see if Miami can uh, can come back from their five and seven season. North Carolina, you're probably looking at them being the fourth team in uh in this conference if it if it's not Louisville or Duke or one of those teams ahead of them. So there is the ACC, and that will do it for our ACC preview, everybody. And next week, we will be off to the Big Ten, where we are going to be talking about everything Big Ten, talking about the big teams in the conference. And, of course, one thing I'm excited about is joining me and talking about the Big Ten next week, Peter Lewis. Peter has not been on a views pod in a minute, so it's going to be fun talking about his Penn State team next week along with the rest of the Big Ten. I expect his thoughts on James Franklin have stayed the same, so we'll leave that for next week and see if uh, anything's changed there and what his thoughts are on the Big Ten as well. But guys, that's everything I have for you all on this edition of the show. So thank you all so much for tuning in again. If you haven't yet, check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts. Be sure to go check us out on YouTube at 573podcast. Subscribe, like, comment, share with your friends, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan 
Fuse573. You can find the podcast account at 573 Views. Give us a follow there. Uh, unless we have switched to threads by the time uh, this pod or any of the other pods come out. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good start to your week. And we'll talk to you all later this week.